Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Turn the Jets Live. I'm your host, Stephen Zantz, joined by co-host Stephen Russo. Stephen, it's been, you know... A whirlwind of emotions over the past, you know, three months or so since the season started. But I really feel that we finally hit a point where we're just like, when's it going to get better? I I don't even know anymore. Like, we don't necessarily have to go into like a deep dive mode of this game because it was just uncompetitive basically from the first five minutes. So how are you feeling about the team? I've been I'm as down as I've been about them in years. It's, It's just it's horrible, man. Um, yeah, I think you summed it up well. I think the way that you've been describing it kind of throughout, especially over the last, you know, three to four weeks has been apathy. And I don't disagree. It's, it's deflating and it's to the point where I'm almost indifferent. And, and that's really, that's a tough place to be. The last 13 years have obviously been really difficult. And I think you and I, we're, we're, we're very similar on the show. Obviously we talk about, um, the game itself, our thoughts on it, you know, the season, what we think should happen, like all this stuff. But we really do. We kind of focus on the emotional side of it and, and the emotional side of being a Jets fan. And that's where this season is really like it's it's really hurt. It's been worse than any other yeah. season that I've experienced. The the roller coaster ride, everything, all the vibes through, you know, from free agency to landing Aaron Rodgers throughout the summer, kind of everything going their way to it completely collapsing in the first four snaps of the season. And then they give you this little false hope, you know, at, at four and three and, and, you know, they get themselves, they beat the Eagles finally, and, and they kind of give you that. And then they dangle that carrot out in front of you and it just, it, it all just falls away. And that's been the, the most frustrating thing. So it just feels like maybe I'm just getting older. Maybe I've experienced this way too much, but it feels like there really is no hope because I'm just not going to allow myself to get excited until I see it because we've just seen so much from this team, this organization, and really this regime specifically where it's like you can't get excited in the summer, right? Well, let's back it up. You can't really get excited in the offseason or at the draft. You can't get excited in the summer. You can't get excited at the start of the season if they do well into you know September, October, if they do well in November, like we saw last year, and they're seven and four, and like everyone, all of us at TOJ, all the Jets fans, we're just assuming that the playoffs are going to happen and the bottom falls out. And then you have a year like this. So it's like, you know what? Until we're in the playoffs, until we're playing wild card weekend, or, or maybe, maybe the football gods allow us to, ha- to play in a divisional game, like you're, you're just not going to be excited. It's, it's, that's how I feel. And it's like, I think of things that should happen that I think would be better if they happen. But at this point, I don't care until it just gets me a winner. Like just get me to the playoffs so I can watch winning football so I can be excited again. I don't care if that's with Sala and Douglas, you know, I want to see Aaron Rodgers playing a Jets uniform. He's a hall of fame quarterback, but even that, like I'm hanging by a thread there. I just want to see them win, and I'm just tired because nothing has worked up up until this point. And I think, and I'm I'm carrying on here, but I think you know, Joe Caparoso on bat one of the Badlands shows this week. They've they've been pumping out content like crazy, but he was like yeah. they have legitimately tried 
every avenue <laughs> to fix the quarterback situation and nothing has worked multiple top five picks. They've gone the veteran route. They've gone the hall of fame veteran route. They've gone every, they've gone the developmental route with Bryce Petty and Geno Smith and guys like that who are later round picks. Nothing has worked. And it's like, when will it end? And to, to summarize, man, I feel like you do. I'm apathetic. I am disinterested. I am deflated. And I'm just like, I'm indifferent at this point. That's what they've done to me. Yeah, that was that was that was beautifully said, and uh, <laughs> I, I feel I feel the same way. The funny thing is, I think I started to feel this way a lot sooner than you did. I think yes. you're definitely more optimistic than me. You hold out hope and you try to give everyone the benefit of the doubt as long as possible, but eventually, you're, the cord's going to be ripped, and you ripped it. And it's just, it sucks because it, they. I feel like they're stuck, and basically, you know things can change and it, it seems like the expectation is, is that everyone's coming back maybe some you know cosmetic changes to the coaching staff maybe the front office but we really don't know and it obviously matters how they look the next few weeks i know it's going to probably be trevor simeon maybe brett Rippon at some point who knows i mean it could be zach wilson but i don't think at least this week maybe he plays the final two it doesn't really matter at this point all it is is just really like the as they said the the deck the deck chair is sinking on the titanic so it's it's like whatever um but I'm really concerned and upset about really the trajectory. I mean, obviously Aaron saying that he wants to play multiple years, which is nice and exciting to hear, but I don't trust his regime. I don't trust all. I don't trust Douglas. I don't trust really anyone minus like Jeff Ulrich at this point. Mm -hmm. And I know he had a pretty rough day calling the defense on Sunday, but I think it's, we're getting to a point where it's like, how much can you really ask of this defense to do week after week? It's been, you know, however many games, uh, 14 games. And it's like, they're eventually going to get to a point where they're like their their mindset is just not going to be hundred percent focused, and I and I can't blame them. And I know that you don't want to hear that from professional athletes, but they're humans. That you know, it's it, it's just hard. And like, how many weeks can you ask them to play from behind and try to prevent the other team from just dominating? Eventually, it's just not going to be sustainable, and we've hit that point. But for me, it's like they realistically should clean the whole thing out. And you could bring Rogers back. Yeah, I'm cool with that. But like, I don't, I don't think they're going to get rid of him. I don't. But like, if they did, I, I would understand the move. But it's like, how could you justify this whole thing coming back again? Because realistically, and I'm being realistic here. I'm not trying to be negative or anything. It's like they got to turn over this offense mostly outside of Brees Hall, Conklin, and Garrett Wilson. I mean, I'm sure a couple of guys are going to be back. Um, on, on the line, but like the whole line essentially essentially needs to be reshuffled other than Tipman, ABT, and I guess Lakin, just because they're on the hook for a lot of money. But getting two guys that you know can start, not going to be easy. Um, you know, and where do we go? I mean, do you think that we're going to go to wildcard weekend? Do you think maybe we'll win a round? Let's just say they won wildcard weekend. What do you do now? Like, you just run it back again? Like, to me, that's not enough. I mean, I, I would like to see them get there, but like, it doesn't make me feel comfortable with handing extensions to this entire regime just because there's that's not what this whole objective was. And I was all for everything they were trying to do. I understand it was an all-in move, and really 2024 probably was the all-in year. But you're seeing so many holes with this team. It's like I don't think that Aaron Rodgers, unfortunately, can cover them all up. I know we we feel confident that he could be you know what we're, what we need a quarterback, but – He's going to get crushed behind this offensive line, and I just don't trust this regime to build it back up. And it's like you might as well just clean the slate free and you know do what Connor was talking about: competitive rebuild quickly 
And then you have a chance to build it from the ground up in a more sustainable, you know, team and success, you know, down the road. I, I just don't understand you could do this anymore. The timelines don't make sense. And I know people will fight that on Twitter all the time, but they don't. And I just want them to to win, but I also want them to keep winning, not just have one year. And then it's another 10 years of playoff drought. You know, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not crazy here, right? No, I don't think you're crazy. I think, you know, it's hard to really fathom like how that would look if next year they go to the wild card. Like it's hard to imagine that at that point. Like, and I just, I don't know. I think the answer probably lies somewhere in the middle, but it's difficult. If you have to take into consideration, like what candidates will be out there for GM and head coach, because you don't want to take any half measures if they do make a change. Like, do you really want to give Joe Douglas another shot at at hiring his own head coach and, you know, potentially going after and, and drafting another, you know, another quarterback or developmental QB, you know, I don't think so, but you, you have to take a look at what's out there considering things that we've talked about, like Adam Schefter saying there could be eight to 10 head coach openings, you know, this year uh, coming this off season, like that's, you know, that's going to be competitive and who knows? I mean, are they going to land a Ben Johnson? Do they want a guy like that? Do they want another unproven first time head coach? Do they want to go after the big fish? Are there any big fish really out there outside of Jim Harbaugh? Like, does Mike Tomlin become available? Like all those things are, are big question marks. I think at this point, though, it, it really doesn't matter because I think it's it's pretty clear and set in stone that this regime is coming back. But it's not. And you and I have talked about this and everyone at TOJ and a lot of people have. But it's not unfair to just call it what it is like. This regime is simply not good. And there are good things that they have done. You can credit Joe Douglas for the, you know, the 2022 draft. You can credit Joe Douglas for the Jamal Adams trade, which continues to look better by the day. But you also have to call out his failures. And now we're going to, you know, pretty fairly say that he missed on the 2020 number 11 pick and the 2021 number two overall pick. Like Mekhi yeah. Becton and Zach Wilson are swings and misses. That's you can't argue with that. Robert Sala, you give him credit for the way that he's able to galvanize the team after the Aaron Rodgers injury and the way that he has rebuilt this defense to, you know, from a 32nd ranked defense to a top five unit in, in two years. Credit him for that. Credit him for the development of some guys like Quincy Williams and other guys on the defensive side of the ball. But you absolutely place blame on him for the coaching staff that he's developed on the offensive side. And from a, a broader scale, you can make a very solid argument that right now this team is in worse shape than it was when Adam Gase was here. And I I don't necessarily agree with that. I don't agree with that. Offensively, it's like the same, if not worse, but like defensively, it's not. I I, I don't, I don't agree with that. I'm, I'm not saying that I agree with it either, but I'm saying you can make a case for it, that they are maybe just the same situation, right? Like how much different, like Joe Douglas specifically came in here with the thought that he would rebuild the O-line. He made promises to two different quarterbacks. He made promises to Sam Darnold and to Zach Wilson. We're going to protect you. Has he done that? Now, no. injuries injuries play obviously play a, a, a big factor in this. But still, the offensive line effort on Sunday was the worst I have seen in my 38 years of watching football, <laughs> without a doubt. Like, that was – it was ridiculous. I've never seen something as bad as that. So, yeah. I may be – a little bit um i may be exaggerating a little bit but i can't say that even if they are better off now and you have to take aaron Rodgers into consideration too maybe they are better off now than they were under the gay years but they're not as far along as they should be and this yes. regime clearly wants to continue to point to that as how bad this roster situation was when they took over how bad that regime was when they took it over and right now they're not much further ahead if at all that's i guess that's my ultimate point 
Yeah, no, that I agree with. I think that they're a lot further behind than they believe they are. And that's correct. And that's that's a problem. And I think just using this injury four snaps into the season as an excuse is just it's pathetic. And that is the problem with the organization. It's like I know Joe likes to make that joke of eight and eight Gatorade bats, but like that's still the culture that is here. Think about it. All these other teams in the league, more more than any year I can remember watching the NFL, there's been so many backup quarterbacks that have had to play. There's been plenty of guys who've kept the, the teams above float. Look at Cleveland. No quarterback. They're down to their what fourth quarterback that they've played this year. I guess, yeah, because they had uh, Watson. They had, uh, not Brissett, uh DTR. And then mm-hmm. they also had P.J. Walker. And now they're using Flacco. I think the the argument that Flacco would have been a better option here is 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 stupid just because the offensive line is so bad. But even they have had injuries to their tackles and their center, and they're still finding a way. They don't have Nick Chubb. I know they have the receivers, and I know Njoku is having a really nice month. But you see all these teams figuring out game plans, and this team just refuses to even remotely adapt to what they're doing from an offensive perspective. And that's such a problem. And I I know that you and I were, like, cool with the, the Hackett hire, thinking that it would be better than what it's been. It's been terrible. And, terrible. I, and I know that it was, like, a lure to get Rodgers here, but – we cannot call it anything different than what it is. It's been a disaster. I know he's had moments where these guys have been open and the quarterback won't rip the ball, but like that's it's neither here nor there. Most of the time it's it's all been play calling execution. And I put it on him. I know Keith Carter is the guy with the offensive line, but he's still the offensive coordinator. He's still involved with every position group. So it's been terrible. And the fact that Salah, you know, hired this offensive staff. It's it's an indictment on him, and it's also an indictment on Douglas because you think that he's not overseeing this process. Like you think he's just like, oh yeah, you can hire whoever you want. No, he probably has to vet vet people and talk to them about like what the plan is. And there is no plan. There really is no plan on offense. Like I, I it's throw the ball to Garrett Wilson a lot, give it to Brees Hall, but there's no creativity of how they get Brees Hall the ball. It's literally up the middle mm-hmm. and stuff. Maybe a two yard gain or he's a loss or these short passes. It is so unimaginative and it's so frustrating because. Like you said, was it really that much worse than Gase? I would I would argue it's the same, if not a little bit better. And that's yeah. that's a problem to me. And it was definitely better with Michael Floor. We were both floor guys, and I don't want to like take a victory lap because I don't know how successful he could be with this offensive line, but I know that the, there would be a lot more creativity, and we saw that with him with the limitations he had from a personnel perspective. Correct. Um, I would say, yeah, I think we both felt like Hackett was the necessary evil to get Rodgers here. And you were willing to kind of fall on that sword just for the fact that that you would get Rodgers here. And Rodgers goes down. I think you figure that there's going to be some growing pains and it won't obviously look the same. But looking this bad and this uncompetitive for this long is I don't think anybody can expect that. And to your point, there are so many offenses. There are so many teams that are down quarterbacks and are going to their backups that are at least putting a competitive product on the field and able to move the ball. The Jets for four of the last five games, five out of the last six have been just unable to move the ball at all and are just giving nothing on offense. And it's it's just, it's depressing. And I don't understand how it could be that way. You have to be able to figure something out with whatever personnel you have. I mean, look at Miami, right? Miami was down so many players. They're obviously down their best weapon on offense. And what did they do? They came out and they quick screened us to death and they found ways to make it work. What did Hackett do? Hackett was down two-fifths of his offensive line all on the right side, and he came out and 
continued to try to do these long developing play action plays. It's like, you know what? Throw a couple of screens in there to Garrett Wilson. Throw a couple of screens to Brees Hall. You want to pepper these guys with targets. It showed you in the Houston game that it worked, yet they didn't do it. And Garrett Wilson has three catches for 29 yards or whatever it was. Like, it, it makes no sense to me. And furthermore, and to broaden the scope of this, I, I've, I'm, I've always been a fan of Robert Sala and a defender of him. But this, the, the number of times that this team gets a sliver of hope and a glimmer of optimism and they turn around and come out completely flat, I just I can't wrap my head around it. For as much credit as he deserves for, you know, like I said earlier, galvanizing the locker room, being able to overcome that Aaron Rodgers injury, specifically week one, and to be able to get this team to four and three, like you have to look at this side of the coin as well. This Miami game, the Chargers game, like you sneak one out that you absolutely shouldn't have won against the Giants and you come out Monday night against a Mm -hmm. bad Chargers team at home and you look like that. Last year, they got so much help from Aaron Rodgers himself where he beat Miami in Miami, right? And the Jets get that glimmer of hope mm-hmm. again where maybe they can make a run at this and they come out in Seattle and what happens? Like, it just, it, it's crazy to me. Even in 2021, after, you know, the crazy Mike White game and they come out in Indianapolis, they get boat raced. The defense couldn't <laughs> stop a nosebleed that day. Like, there's all of these things it's where, it's like, I, I just, you have to call a spade a spade. I do. I like Robert Sala. Do I believe that he can win with a with a quarterback? You know, yes, but there's still, there's a lot of doubt. there. That's the biggest thing that I point to is too often his teams just come out looking flat and disinterested in playing the football game with things on the line. Like if they came out and looked like this after they were just eliminated this week, okay. But in a game where you got Aaron Rodgers possibly returning, your playoff hopes are still alive, you come off a huge win against a good team at home where you win 30-6, to and this is how you show up, I I, I can't fathom that for the life of me. And that's – to go back to my original point, that's the biggest thing that just makes me feel defeated and, and completely just disinterested in what and what happens. And, and I just it, it's like no matter what I think or believe or whatever, none of it matters. And I don't care until I see a winner. Yeah, it's it's all valid. And, I, and it's so funny because like typically when we've done this show in season, it's always been talking about the previous game. It's talking about like some of the things going on. But like. We're just talking bigger picture at this point because it doesn't yeah. matter what they do in the next three games. All it impacts is their draft position, which obviously at this point you're like, we're eliminated, so it doesn't matter if they win these games. But you know they're going to win one or two of them, and then they're going to be like, of course, we don't get the guy that we want. But at the end of the day... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I was a very big, solid defender, but like I, I have nothing to really stand on at this point with that. And you brought it up with with how flat this team comes out. It's how flat they come out in big spots. The penalties, the penalties have been a problem all year, and that's one thing that you could say. You know, the defense has been you know playing really well, but they have so many dumb penalties. He's not good with timeouts. It's just it. It's more. There's plenty of evidence here that he is not the guy. I mean, look, if he's here, I'm not gonna like root against him, but like. I, I just don't see it with this regime, and I don't really know where they go unless they clean house. I just think that you're basically delaying the inevitable by running this entire operation back. 
and next year because they're going to probably not live up to the expectations unless somehow this roster gets so much better year over year, which they do have the resources from a cap perspective. And I know that they can make moves in the draft, but I don't trust Joe Douglas. I know Joe did a good job putting together like the McCagden chart for Douglas. It's horrible. It's like seven starters across 34 draft picks over four years. That is not a good hit rate. And I'm sorry, like you could, I know you, he wasn't including AVT because he's injured and I get that, but he was including Beckton, who you're going to probably not have next year. He's not going to be on the team. So then you get AVT back. It's still what, like a 20% hit rate? That is not good enough. No. It's not. You have to build through the draft. You have to find guys in the later rounds, and they do not do that. I don't want to hear about Bryce Hoff. I know he's UDFA. I know he ended up being a nice player. I don't want to hear about Quincy Williams. You're still wasting draft capital. You've hit on one draft class. Everything else is pretty bleak right now other than AVT, Michael Carter II, and I guess Will McDonald and Tippmann. Like, 2020 is a joke. All it is is Ashton Davis, who – good for him. He's actually been playing really well this year, but he's still a backup safety, maybe a fringe starter at best. It's it's just – I don't even know what to say anymore. And we can we can move off of this, you, but I figure the, the best way to talk about this team right now is just bigger picture because what, yeah. what's going on in the next three games really is irrelevant at this point. Well, and you can – like you, you go back to Jets teams from the past, right? And I go back like all the way to 98. And you think about guys like yeah. Jason Fabini and Anthony Pleasant. And then, you you know, you fast forward like Randy Thomas and Lavernius Coles and Jericho Cotri, uh, Leon yeah. Washington, like – all of these guys that were core guys. I mean, you think about it on the defensive side of the ball, right? Kerry Rhodes, um, Dwight Lowry, all these guys were impact role players yep. that the foundation of the team was built with because you could rely on those guys. Joe Douglas and and going back to the McCagan McCagan years too, like there's guys that just aren't even on NFL rosters anymore. And it's like <laughs> they're they're failing miserably to build the depth of this team, and that's what you're seeing. That's why, like. I point Jason Fabini, Randy Thomas, Ryan Young. Those guys were like third, fourth, fifth round picks, and yep. they started immediately. And they were core guys of good offensive lines that, you know, in front of Curtis Martin and other people, like they would lead leagues in rushing. Like that's how it would go. And we struggled to get anybody that can contribute. And I thought, again, I'll bring up Joe Caparoso, like brought up a good point. Like Max Mitchell, he's a fourth round pick. 31 Not other nothing. Teams, 31 other teams find fourth round offensive linemen that can contribute. And we thought, like, okay, he kind of outkicked his coverage a little bit last year in 2022 before he got hurt. This year he's been terrible. Can't start over Billy Turner. Like, those are the things. And just I'll quickly recap. I'm looking at pro football reference right now. Like, you just think about the drought, right? 2011, they finished 8-8. Eight and eight. They gave us hope they were 8-5. and five. They collapsed down the stretch, lost the last three. Shocking. 2012, 6-10, season's over by December. 2013, eight and eight. They were kind of frisky. If you remember, they would win a game, then get blown out, then win a game, then get blown out. But that season was over, I think, with two weeks left in the year. 2014 was four and 12, terrible, done in December. 2015, 10 and six, obviously lose the last game, uh, don't make the playoffs. 2016, five and 11, awful game, you know, season's over by December. 17, five and 11, same thing. They were frisky with Josh McCown. 28, Darnold's rookie year, a little frisky in the start of the year, finished four and 12, nothing. 2019, seven and nine, objectively from a top level looks good, but we remember that team started what one and one seven, seven one and seven. Like that, yeah. 2020 was the final gate year, two and 14, 21, four and 13, 22, seven and 10. They started seven and four, lose the last six, and 23 were five and nine. Like it's one year, one year of meaningful with, football with that a winning record last week, and that just ended in complete disappointment. Like. Other than that, like eight and eight is their best year by a long shot. Yeah. I just, 
the level of ineptitude and suffering and like all these people are saying like the jets don't deserve the fans like you're they don't we are loyal to a no. fault like that's why we're so crazy we just want to see we cling to any ounce of hope any glimmer of hope that they can give us and they just completely just continue to pull the rug out from under us yeah it's it's really sad and Look, I'm no one's like the true fans are not going to jump ship. They're always no. going to follow. Just like we're never like changing. And it's like I've had conversations <laughs> with some friends being they're like, why do you like put up with this? this is like friends who aren't Jets fans. It's like yeah. friends from college or from different areas. And I'm like, this is what it is. I'm I'm yeah. always going to be loyal to this team. I love yeah. the team. You know, they've given me some great memories in my life. Not recently, but there it's just the feeling, you know, that you remember and you want that again. And that's all we're asking for. And it's like. I need this team to show that they have a spine and show that they have a backbone and really commit to building a sustainable winner because I don't see it. All I see is them just wasting draft picks. They're not using their free agency money correctly. And it's like they're not hiring the right people. And it's so frustrating. And I know you can't you can't always go back to Woody, even though I, I do think it starts at the top. But he's not going anywhere. They make too much money. And I don't like, look, if I was in his spot, I don't blame him. But like, it's just they need to show some progress and they need yep. to win games. It's all that matters. Yep. I'm sorry, 16 and 32, 25 and 55. They both are terrible. There's nothing, there's nothing to say anymore. Yeah. I think the Woody argument is first of all, it doesn't matter because no matter what we do, he's not going to sell the team. Second of all, like you have to remember that really from 2000 to 2010, Woody owned this team. And that team for a decade was good more often than it was bad. They made yeah, the playoffs more true. often than they didn't. So you can't forget that. You can they make still it let you down plenty, but yeah, they did. Yes, make the you, you can you can make an argument that the beginning of the end was when he took the half measure with keeping Rex, but firing Tannenbaum. Like that was where it, it got muddy and things kind of went south. Right. After that, like he's been, I think he's been patient with coaches and, and GMs, right? We gave McCagnan probably too much time. You obviously gave Rex too much time, but like the ownership's not changing. And yeah, is he, you know, does he make mistakes? Sure. But I think, you know, to say that they just, they're not going to win with Woody Johnson. Like, I just think that's kind of a, it's a lazy narrative because they did win with Woody Johnson. Like he took over this team in 2000. Yeah, they did. They had a successful decade with him at the helm. It can happen again. What they need is a Bill Parcells like figure that can turn the franchise around. And our hope was that Joe Douglas was going to be that guy. And He's not. to, th to this point, be. to this point, he hasn't been. It's look, it, th there's enough evidence now. I'm not like I used to say, like, you know, we don't have, we don't really know enough. You know, they they suck until they don't. But we now know for sure that they still continue to suck. And it's it's frustrating and it's sad. But, you know, we're going to get to a point where like that, like we just don't want this to be chaos every single year. Just figure it out, man. Like it's not you see every other team figuring out ways to win games and stay competitive and in the hunt. This has to be the most amount of teams that are in the hunt at this point in the season that I could ever remember because the league is so equal. Like yeah. it really is. Like even the even the best teams in the league have had bad weeks this year. Like I feel like there's been years where you like the team that gets the one seed or the two seed that like they basically you know that they're like the team and they don't have any bad weeks. They may lose a game, but they like we've seen Dallas fall. We've seen you know the Chiefs obviously haven't been as good as they were last year. They have obviously issues from a pass catching perspective. And the fact that the Jets have not been able to take advantage of that is just so frustrating. And 
it just it feels never ending. And like until we see it, I'm not going to believe they're going to accomplish anything of substance. Like I will obviously always be excited for football, but like I'm not going to be excited for them until they actually prove over a, a long period of time that they they could sustain success and win games consistently because they haven't for 13 years, and that's yeah. just sad. Yep. Well said, man. <laughs> and, and honestly, what we can we can transition to the to the next piece, which is, and you did a nice job outlining it here. But you know, does the Aaron Rodgers interview on McAfee get you excited? Like that's, I think that's the next question. I'll let you answer it first. For me, he's kind of the one remaining factor that gives me that glimmer of hope, but it's it's waning. I'm hanging by a thread. But for you, how does uh, it make you feel? I mean, yeah, because like we this whole year was taken away from us four plays in of what we expected this team to be, but. I mean, do I have my concerns that he's not going to look the same and he's going to look old? Yeah, of course I do. So it's like I'm not as excited as I was coming into this season. But, like, I like that he, you know, he's not, like, showing signs that he's just like, all right, this is clearly not what I thought it was going to be. I'm out of here. I, I like that he's loyal. I like that he's, you know, trying to give us, you know, hope. But I, I can't sit here and say that this is going to be, you know, what I had expected this year. And, I, I mean, look. Could they make some moves and get me excited in the offseason that makes my you know, perception shift? Of course. And I, I think they probably will. But I, I know based on how this year has gone and really, you know, the last 13 years, I'm going to be cautiously optimistic. I am not going to be like, you know, this team is going to be this. Like, I, 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 I can't confidently go into a season feeling that way. It's just no matter what he says or how he looks, I need to see it over a long period of time. And I'm going to be skeptical. What about you? <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, like I said, I think he's a very intellectual person and hearing him anytime, but especially on the Pat McAfee show, like I just, he can draw you in and he does a nice job of that. And so I have to temper my expectations because he does like, honestly, I mean, he makes me feel better. But knowing that he's a Hall of Fame quarterback with four MVPs and a Super Bowl ring, he's been a part of and around winning organizations for his entire career. So knowing that he's, got the confidence that they can do it. And he's got the confidence in Salah and Douglas. Like it does make me feel a little bit better. But again, to your point, I, I feel the same way. Like I'm just, I'm not going to believe it until I see it, but there are things that could happen in this off season that will get me excited. But again, I'm just, I'm not going to put the cart before the horse again, because this year has taught me that I just can't do that. And I, I won't do it before November. Like talk to me when this team is, you know, eight and three and Rogers is slinging it all over the place. And, and you got, you know, Garrett Wilson and Devonte Adams and a solid offensive line and everybody's healthy. Like that's really when I'll probably be back and, and optimistic. But until then it's like, you know, I'll still, I'm going to watch every game. I'm going to cheer like hell. I'm going to hope for the best, but am I going to expect anything? No, but I do think like he does just kind of have that, like that draw to him where he does provide like a calming sense and like, everything's going to be okay. And, you know, his little, like he kind of almost in a way gives that relaxed speech. Like, you know, I'm sorry, Jets fans, but prom promise, you know, we'll stick with us and, and we'll be okay. And, you know, that's kind of the one, uh, the one thread that I think I'm hanging on to. And that's why I really, I want to see him in a Jets uniform. Like whatever happens this off season, like I said, I'm indifferent. That's the one thing that I think I'm not really indifferent about is I want to see them continue with yeah. him. I think they can do a reload. Like he said, a competitive rebuild with him still at the helm. And I think that gives us hope for even, you know, developmentally in 25, 26 and beyond. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm, you said eight and three, 
It needs to be nine and three because the Jets started eight and three at Favre and then collapsed. So you can get past that Schneid. I'm, I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> Reopening old wounds. <laughs> um, so I know that there's a game this week, so we should talk about it. But we don't even know who's starting as, at the moment doing the show. It's probably going to come down to the wire. But I, I'm I'm expecting Simeon with probably Rippin as the backup. But uh, yeah. what do you think is going to happen? Because this is a game that the Jets can win despite how incompetent and up they've looked. Their defense can definitely shut down this Washington offense. And I know that um, the Jets can't score, but the Washington defense is terrible. I don't know if you yeah. caught a little bit of a glimpse of that Rams game, but they were just like crazy inept on defense. So what do you think is going to happen? Do you think they're going to win this game and we're going to be like, why do we win this game and move up an extra spot or two, whatever it means come April? Or do you think that they're probably just going to, you know, just lay down and that's it? I don't know, man. It's uh It's weird. The battle of what the 32nd ranked defense versus the 32nd ranked offense. I, I don't know. I think in, in times <laughs> like that, I think, you know, typically you kind of see the offense win. And I feel like um, I feel like the Jets will be able to pull it out for whatever reason. I don't really even know. And honestly, at this point, like I truly I don't even care about draft status either. I'd like to just watch competitive football and, and see the Jets score points and see the young guys. Like, I just think that part is more important. I think seeing guys like Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall on the offensive side succeed. I think that's more important than draft position. As much as I would love to get like a Marvin Harrison Jr. Or Joe Alt, like these guys are talking about at this point, I really just, I, I want to see them win regardless. Cause I've just, I've, I've rooted for, you know, for draft position for far too long. And I just don't want to anymore. Um, I think the Jets probably sneak one out. I don't even score a prediction. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's, you know, 20 to 17, something like that. It doesn't really at this point, like it doesn't make any difference. And <laughs> I think I've been wrong way more often than I've been right this year. Yeah, uh, I I think that honestly, they're going to win this stupid, this stupid <laughs> game like they are because that's what they do. Yep. They're going to win this game and they're going to lose to Cleveland and then they're going to beat the Patriots and they're going to pump their chest and they finally broke this streak. And we're going to end up not getting the player that we want because that is what the Jets do. They love to win the games that ultimately impact the future trajectory of the franchise. And they're going to hand the Patriots, the quarterback that's going to bother us for the next decade. And that's just what they do. Like I, it would be, it's so fitting that they are going to pump their chest, beating this lifeless Patriots team finally to only give them the guy that's going to end up beating them in the long run. That like, that's just like, it's going to be hilarious if, if that really does happen. I know obviously they could end up losing out and this, this conversation means nothing, but I, I do think that they're going to win an ugly game, probably going to be like, what, like maybe like 14 to 10 against Washington. I, that, that's our prediction. I don't, I think, I think that Barisa will end up having a nice game. I know it's been a rough stretch for him. I haven't quit on believing in him. I just think that the offensive line is so far Terrible. gone that it's, it's really an impossible situation. I just want Garrett to have another thousand yard season. I just want the man to continue to produce. I feel so bad for him. He's doing everything in his power to show up every week and do everything he can. And it's just, oh, man. I, can we I have agree some fun? Can we have yeah. some damn fun with this I team? I know it. I just, uh, I think that's a big part of like reactivating Aaron Rodgers and, and continuing that process is, is giving these young guys like Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall hope for next year and hope for the future. Like that's, that's a big part of it. And that's what I want to see. And you see how good Brees Hall still is. Like when you get him the ball in space, I mean, when he had eight for 86 and a touchdown at receiving against Houston, like the, the kid makes plays, like he's a good running back. He's just getting hit behind the line of scrimmage. Anytime he gets a handoff, it's yeah. ridiculous. This offensive line is, is awful. Um, so yeah. And in regards to the Patriots point, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I can't, 
they had their run. They had Tom Brady. Like, I can't be fearful of whatever. I want to see the Jets win. I don't care. I just want to see him beat New England. I want to see it, especially if it's Belichick's last game. I just want to see it. I don't care what <laughs> I don't nice. care how it looks. I don't care what fashion. I just um, want I want one thing that I wanted to bring up before we before we wrap is just that I woke up this morning. What'd you say? Sorry. Nope. Nothing. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I think it was just something with the with the audio, but the one thing that I woke up this morning is I saw today's the anniversary of when they won that game and ended up not getting Trevor Lawrence. I want to say to Jeff fans who are like so angry about this still to this day, he hasn't lived up to the hype. And I don't think that having him would have made this all that much better. Yes, it'd be better, but I don't think it would have been like saving the franchise and we'd be in this amazing spot right now because He's been a solid quarterback. I don't think he's been the guy that he was touted to be that we were like, you know, can't miss Andrew Luck type level prospect Peyton Manning. He hasn't been that. And I don't I don't care what anyone says. Like what I've seen, he's been fine and he, I think he's going to get better, but like I don't think that he would have just solved all the problems that we have. History has shown that it's a crapshoot and no matter what, like you're, it's a roll of the dice and as good of a prospect as, as they are, look at the, look no further than, you know, Sam Darnold's draft class. That was the best draft class in how long. And look at all those guys. I mean, you know, Baker Mayfield journeyman now having a good year down in Tampa, Lamar Jackson's the best of that bunch who was the fifth guy taken and 30 set like last pick in the first round. Right. So like, it's all a crapshoot. And that's why even with Caleb Williams, Drake may like potentially going to new England. I mean, it's still, it's a roll of the dice and nothing's a certainty because Trevor Lawrence, of for course, as, as great still- of a prospect as he was like to live up to the best prospects since Peyton Manning or John Elway hype is extremely lofty, like extremely. So yeah, you're right. I, I, I agree with you. And we have Aaron Rodgers. That's the one thing just- we have to cling to hope that if we didn't draft Zach Wilson, we probably wouldn't have Aaron Rodgers. So here we are. Well, that means that we be in a good spot right now. But <laughs> anyway, it is what it is with this team at this point. I'm not going to get upset anymore. It, it, they can't they can't hurt me, even though they still continue to hurt me anyway. Um, <laughs> before we wrap, make sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube, youtube.com slash at Badlands TOJ. You get this show. You get clips of Badlands. You get a lot of fun stuff that we have on that feed. Make sure to subscribe to Will Show, Turn on the Jets on YouTube. I mean, on YouTube, on Apple or Spotify. Obviously, our feeds, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or even um, Google Podcasts. Just search Turn on the Jets Live. You'll see the logo that's in the video corner right now. And obviously, if you haven't already, make sure you get on Badlands. It is the best uh, premium Jets content. They're the reason I get through these weeks because they just kind of make me feel like I'm not crazy talking about the things that I'm thinking about as I'm watching the games, as I'm seeing all the drama unfold. Joe Connor. Dan, you know, now we got Meigs and Dalvin back in the fold, Jake and Paul. It's it's really great stuff. And therapy sessions. Oh, it's it's it is therapy. It's yeah. what we need as Jets fans. <laughs> um, we appreciate everybody who's tuned in and we'll talk to you again soon.